the Lord. Don't stay quiet on me, amen. You could bless Jesus, give him glory and honor. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 through 21. Today's topic is the Lord bless you. How many know that the Lord blesses? Amen. And the Bible says, blessed the Lord at all times. It reads, now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. When you read here in Hebrews, I was reading the context, chapter 13, and in verse 7, I'll read it to you. It says this, remember your leaders who taught you the word. Of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. So the writer he says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. How many are grateful for? Teachers of the word of God. That God has used to be a blessing in your life. Then he says, think of all the good that has come from their lives. But then he says, and follow the example of their faith. So we are called to follow the example of their faith. See, we're not just following anybody. Amen? But we are following the example of their faith. Those who teach the word of God, who live the word of God. And then in verse 17, I'm just reading this just because of pastor's appreciation. Amen? He says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. That's what a, a leader, a shepherd does. 
They watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. How many know that everything gets easier when we just obey God? He says, give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So in all that that I just read, God, in his word, he says, he starts off in verse 13. Now may the God of peace, I want to share with you five things real quick. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. The first thing we see in verse 20, we see his attribute. The attribute of God is peace. The God of peace. Shalom. And what I love about this word, shalom, peace, is that when you have the peace of God, you have everything. One of the meanings is that there's nothing broken or nothing missing in your life. The Bible says a peace that surpasses all understanding. Notice that the writer says, now may the God of peace, the God we serve, he's a God of peace. It's not just any peace. It's a different type of peace. Where everything outside your life could be falling apart, but on the inside you have, you and I have the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, he says in 2 Thessalonians, I love the way he says it. Towards the end of that chapter, he says this. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you. Notice that he says, give you peace always in every way. Now, how many believe that? That God gives you peace. It doesn't say once in a while or when he feels like it. The Bible says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace when? He says, always. Why is it always? Because Christ lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And he says, give you peace always, but then he says, in every way. How many know that God can give you peace in every way? In your own life, in your marriage, in any difficulty, whatever we might be facing, God gives us peace always and in every way. And what I love about God is that he does it in a way where he'll keep you and me peaceful. 
That's the way God works. And then he says, the Lord be with you all. That's his attribute. It's peace. You and I have Christ in us. We don't have fear. We have peace. We are not alone. God is with us. And I love the blessing that God gave through Aaron in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 6. The Bible says, verse 22, you've all heard this blessing. He says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. How many believe that? The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And then at the end he says this. And give you peace. It's funny how you will hear. Everything that's happening in Israel. Even here in the States. People are are looking for peace. Everywhere, different ways, different things, different occasions. But I'm here to remind you, church, that the only peace, true peace, is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know that his word never fails. Everything, the Bible says, everything will pass away. But his word will be forever. So that's point number one. Is the attribute of God is peace. Point number two that I want to share this morning. Is his power. The Bible says. Now may the God of peace. Notice what he says. Who brought up our Lord Jesus from where? From The dead. The Bible says, I like the way Paul says it. He says, according to the scriptures, Christ who died, who was buried, but rose from the dead, the Bible says, according to the scriptures. That's what Paul says in Corinthians. And here, the writer, he says, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. Now, how many know that we serve an almighty, powerful God? Amen? We we serve a powerful God. He's the almighty God. 
The Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So what is He saying? He says, But the Spirit of Him, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That means that when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, His power, the Holy Spirit, came to dwell in you and in me. That means that you and I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He says, He who raised Christ from the dead will also... Give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, all I know is I can say this, church. Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, he says, But be filled with the Holy Spirit. It comes to my mind I think it was in the um, 80s. Remember that cartoon, He-Man? I got the power. Well, you and I got the power. Amen? We got the power to overcome. We got the power of the Spirit to face any challenge, any giant, whatever you might be facing. You and I have the power. And if that power, the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead, that same power can do anything that you might be facing. We can overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Point number three is that not only the, that we, we have a God of peace, not only do we have a powerful God, and that power lives in us, but number three, he is a caring God. How many know that God cares for you? Amen? Not only does God care for you, God takes care of you. God, I'm going to say it again, God takes care of you. And the Bible says, right there, verse 13, that great shepherd, look what he says, that great shepherd of the sheep. So we serve the great shepherd of the sheep. We are the sheep. And we serve the great shepherd. Now understand this church. Our shepherd takes care of us. Now, this is very important. 
He's the great shepherd of the sheep. I truly believe that when David in the Old Testament, he attended his father's sheep. When he wrote Psalms 23, he might have remembered when he was a little boy that relationship he had with the sheep. And I'm just thinking he might have thought and said, you know what, it's the same thing. I have a relationship with God. As the Bible says, the great shepherd. And church, there's nothing more beautiful, more powerful than us as sheep. Because sheep, and excuse what I'm going to say, sheep in the natural, sheep can be dumb. That's what they say. Amen. But not here. We don't got those here, okay? So we need a shepherd. As sheep, we need direction, we need guidance, we need exhortation, we need a shepherd. Did you hear me, church? We need a shepherd. That's why even it's important to get connected in a local church, because we need a shepherd. We need to get fed as sheep. And that's what a shepherd does. The scripture I read earlier, he looks over the souls of the sheep. And the Bible says in Psalms 23, 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's the Hebrew word for rohi. He is Yahweh. Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. See, we, we depend on God. Every day we depend of God. There's not one day that I, that I can say, I don't need God. No, we need God every day. We need Jesus every day. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love how the New Living Translation says it. It says it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. If I have God as my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Paul said, my God. Notice he didn't say your God. Paul because of his experience, his relationship with God, he, he was able to write and say what was coming out of his heart because of why? Because of his relationship with God. See, when you and I have a relationship with God, nobody can tell you it's not true. We don't doubt. We don't think about it. Or sometimes it's a yes or no. No, but because we have a relationship with God, we can boldly say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he says in Philippians chapter 4, 
Verse 19, he says it this way. My God, because of his relationship with him, he says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, that's why we declare, we say it. Like it says in Corinthians, we believe and we say it. I shall not want. He says everything we need. I mean, I could bring down a big old list. You know, what is it? Peace. We already, God's our peace. Look at the names of God. It just amazes me. The God we serve, he's, he's a God of peace. He's Yahweh Rapha. He's our healer. He's our doctor. Rapha. Our provider, our, our healer. And Jireh. He's everything. And the fact that the Bible says, I am with you, he's with us. But this morning, church, just remember this. The Lord is my shepherd. He's your shepherd. We depend on God. And one thing I know about God, that when we walk with God, he never fails. He never fails. Man can fail you. The system can fail you. The government can fail you. But God never fails. God is so good. Amen. And fourthly, the Bible says, right there in Hebrews chapter 13, Verse 20, he says, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to his will. That's what it says right there in verse 20. And my fourth point is this. God... He's a love giver. God loves people. God loves you. I mean, if nobody else loves you, I want to tell you, God loves you. And he loves you just the way he made you. Wonderfully, he made you. And he loves you. Amen? The Bible says that through the blood of the everlasting covenant... God, the Bible says, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. So God loves people. God loves his children. And God, he's a love giver. God is a giver. Did you know that, church? He is a giver. Ephesians 1, 4 says this. 
just as he chose us in him. Notice that the Bible says he chose you and me. The Bible says before the foundation of the world. He chose you. He knew you were going to be a sinner. He knew you had flaws. He knew how you were going to be raised. Some grew up in church. Some didn't. You know, God knew the challenges we're going to face growing up. Maybe having a, just a father, just a mother, maybe no parents or with parents. But let me say this. Let us not forget that God chose us. He chose you before the foundation of the world. And everything changed when Christ entered our lives. To the point that the Bible says, therefore, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All the old things have passed away. The, the past is done away. But in Christ, we are a new creation. But why did he choose you and me? Is to serve him. And in verse 4 he says. That we should be. Here it goes. That we should be holy. How, how many still believe in holiness? He says that we should be holy. And without blame. Before him. And it says at the end. In love. Notice it doesn't say that we should be perfect it's no such thing as that that perfection will come when we are with the Lord but he does say that we should be holy God has chose you he has separated you and me to live for him he has sanctified us he has separated you and me He has separated us, you and I, apart for him. And he says, and without blame before him in love. Now there's a scripture in Revelations. Don't get scared. Chapter 13, Revelations. Chapter 13, verse 8, it says this. All who dwell on earth will worship him. When you read the context, it's talking about the beast. The beast. He says all who dwell on earth will worship him. But then he says whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. So when I read this it's either two things. It's either we serve God or you serve the beast. But thank God that God chose us before the foundation of the earth. God picked you. From just think about it, that's why we ought to be grateful and we praise God and we give him glory and honor because God picked you. And that doesn't mean that he didn't die. He died for everybody. But now people have to respond to the message of the good news 
of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can go to the Father except by his Son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way, church. I know we hear, you know, there's this way, that way. No, Jesus says, I am the way. And here he says, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So when you and I accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We have eternal life. Amen. We have everlasting life. That means we will live with the Lord forever. That's the reason why we don't fear. Amen. That's why we live in peace. Especially when we walk with God every day. And finally. My fifth point, And I finish right here. I had 25 points, but I brought it down to five. And I'm just playing. Amen. He says in verse 21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through the Lord Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I believe that God is working in your life and God is working in my life. And he wants to make us complete. Amen. But there's one purpose that he's working in you and he's working in me. And that's just to do his will here on earth. Not when we get to heaven, but right now. You and I right now, we can serve God right now and we can do his will. Amen? We can do his will. Like it says in verse 21, he says, working in you. God is working in you. And God is working in me. And that's if we give him permission. Amen? When you tell the Lord, Lord, work in me. Change me. Change my thinking pattern. Change my heart. Change my ways of doing certain things that don't edify, that are not pleasing to you. Change me. And God is such a gentleman that he will change you. And he's such a gentleman that if you don't want to be changed, he won't. But see, the Bible says, he says, make you complete in every good work. To do his will. Working in you what is well pleasing in his sight, the Bible says. Now in 1 Peter 4.2, Peter, he said this. He says that he no longer, speaking, he's speaking to the church, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh. Because how many know we have a flesh? 
But how many know that the flesh can get in the way? Amen? The flesh gets in the way. The flesh wants to do everything the opposite of God. Now, the spirit wants to do the ways of God. But he says that he no longer should live the rest of this time in the flesh for the lust of men. What he's saying is the lust that human beings have. But he says, but for the will of God. See, we're called to what? To do the will of God, not the lust of men. God took you and me out of darkness. When we were in bondage in sin, we were lost without hope. We were in darkness. And God brought us out of Egypt, bondage, but in Christ Jesus, we became free. Amen. There's no more shame. There's no more guilt. Now we are free indeed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So now we, we are called to walk in what? In the light. The New Living Translation says it more straightforward. It says this. You won't spend the rest of your lives Chasing your own desires. Did you know that church? God didn't die for you. And he didn't change you and me. To live on earth. Chasing our own desires. Our own fleshly desires. Our own lust. God didn't call us to that. No. God has called us. For what? To do the will of God. What he says. And he says at the end. He says. But you will be anxious to do the will of God. I don't know about you, church, this morning, but I am anxious to please one man, to please God only and to do his will now, right now. Amen, he says, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. So the Lord bless you. Number one, his attribute, he gives us peace. Don't forget. Number two, he gives us power to overcome. Number three, God cares for you and he cares for me. Number four, God's a love giver. He loves you. But he doesn't want you for you to stay the same. He wants you and I to change. Amen. He chose you to live a holy and blameless life. And lastly, God wants to bless you greatly. He wants to do a lot in your life, church. Hear me. More than what you think. God wants to do much more. Paul told the Ephesians in chapter 3 verse 20. He says, now to him who is able. How many know that God is able? Amen. God is able. When you and I are disabled, God is able. Don't forget that. 
to do exceedingly. Did you hear that? Exceedingly. Abundantly. He doesn't say a little bit. He says abundantly. Above all that you can ask. God wants to do more. Above all that we ask or think. Then he says at the end. According to the power that works in us. What is that power? That power is the Holy Spirit who lives in us and is working in us. So God wants to do a lot more than what you can imagine. He wants to bless your life. Hear me, church. He wants your marriage to be blessed, prosperous. He wants your family, your children to be blessed. He wants you, everything that you do to be blessed. And I finish right here. There's a illustration I read. And it's about a young boy. This young boy, he went to the local store with his mother. And when they get to the store, the shop owner of that store, a kindly man, passed him a large jar of lollipops. Remember those days? And invited him to help himself to a handful. In other words, grab all the lollipops you want. Unexpected, the boy held back. So the shop owner pulled out a handful for him. The shop owner of the store. He put his hand and pull them out for him. When they go outside, the little boy and his mother, the mother asked why he had suddenly been so shy and wouldn't take a handful of lollipops when offered. You know what that little boy replied? And we can learn something. He said this, because his hand is much bigger than mine. Church, this morning, God's hand is much bigger than your hand and my hand. Let God's hand bless you. Let God's hand bless your family. Let God's hand bless your marriage. Let God's hand bless you because His hand is bigger. Amen? Please stand with me this morning. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.